my spidey senses tingling. Hello. Ladies and gentlemen, Slimbo Slice, the host of the Paper Cake Podcast, episode 123. Welcome to the show, papercake.com. We three men, fathers, talk about the comics we read, you know, industry news, and we'll do a book club. Every episode we read the same book. And we'll talk about it. This week, one of Dale's picks right now. Dark Horse Comics. The Halloween Legion. Uh, thanks for tuning in. Let's introduce the host. You know, this is your first time listening. Thanks for stopping by. Uh, you're 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 ready. You're excited. You're tired of those crap podcasts out there. We have an actual writer on this show. He's unpublished. <laughs> That's not going to stop us. He's a father. He. Wearing a just a big old white shirt that's just destroying my LCD monitor right now. Jonesy loves beer. Welcome. Uh, thank you for having me. And I believe the correct term, I'm not an IT guy, is pixel degradation. <laughs> that's what I offer to the viewers. I don't know how you came up with that phrase out of nowhere. It's <laughs> awful. <laughs> just awful. Uh, Twitter celeb. Right now, our final host. He's a father. He's our VP of merch. He puts together all our marketing plans, our decks, our marketing decks. He's mm-hmm. going gray. That's a very word. fast. Um, Dale underscore. A, it's it's an honor to have you back on the show. Thanks for being here. Thank you for postponing the show just long enough for me to get the eye boogies out of my eyes. Asleep, my sleep boogies. I napped. Literally an hour and ten minutes before the show started, I just didn't have it in my gas tank. I just couldn't do it. I was, I was like an old rock hammer, worn I, down to the nub. I didn't think you were coming back. You know, you were asleep at ten p.m. You didn't have the news prepared. You're—I don't even know if you, like you had today's clothes on. You were wearing probably Thursday's clothes still. Who knows? You want to see the? Uh, it's like. It's like uh, sleep shirt uh, potluck under this hoodie of mine. Oh. You never, you don't know what sleep shirt you're getting with me. Could be anyone, and they're probably a week old by now. Uh, Dark Horse Comics, the Halloween Legion, eighty pager. You know, oh Halloween God. is right around the Thank corner. Goodness. So we're gonna get all topical. We're gonna get hot news topical with you with a Halloween book. Um, I'm excited about this episode in general oh yeah excited to keep it under an hour i'm really excited to hear uh dale's news i'm just excited in general i had a big shiny five hour before this show oh my god you're beaming i I also had a cup of coffee so i'm right with you on the caffeine train i ain't slowing down you get partner (laughs) 
you guys are just turncoats. You 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 don't need to drown out here in my caffeineless stimulus stimuless stimuliless. Uh, I don't know what's happening. Let's right talk now. about. Do you know what day it is? Let's talk about real quick, if I may, uh, comic book based on Disney parks and Disney park attractions. Now, I I hearken back to a little little uh, fun game for the for the Sega Dreamcast. Spin the bottle called uh, Chip and Dale's Rescue Rangers. Rescue uh, Walt Disney World. It was a racing game, and you got to race through Disney themed attractions, and it was probably the best game ever because of it. Hmm. And uh, now Disney in a coots. With their subsidiary Marvel, is going to be making uh, comics and original graphic novel properties based on, uh, you know, Disney, th- uh, a park th- attractions. You know, the Imagineers are going to be heavily involved in this process. Pirates of the Caribbean was that the first one? The first one is going to be based oh. on. Uh, it's going to be called Seekers of the Weird. Okay. And it's going to be written by Brandon Seifert of Witch Doctor fame. Hmm. And uh, it's going to be based on a, 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 an Imagineered theme park attraction that was never uh, f- came to fruition. Really? But uh, there's, going to, there's talks about uh, the Haunted Mansion oh. featuring. And they also confirmed a Space Mountain original graphic novel. Really? Yeah. Done done by Hume. Uh, Brian Q. Miller Hmm. of your uh, your Smallville Titans, Smallville Season 11. Uh, Kelly Jones. Oh. On our. Mm. What's your thoughts on uh, Kelly Jones right now? Uh, Slim of the Paper Mm. Cake Podcast. Go. I am. uh, I'm a big fan. Very wild style of art. Untamed main of cartooning I mean, is Kelly Jones. Kelly Jones does the, the like the Batman with the three and a half foot bat ears, right? Is that Kelly yeah. Jones? He has like oh, Batman yeah. has like blocks of wood hanging up his ears, <laughs> and his cape is like a football field length. Oh yeah. Oh God, what more do you need? But you can't beat the stylistic choices with a Kelly Jones Batman. No, you just cannot beat it. Everything else is is flaming garbage. So I'm excited to see his take on the world, the wonderful world of Disney. What about the? Uh, they should do a book on their like closed parks, like 1950s. Isn't there like a 1950s era area of the park that's just like closed and condemned? Yeah, they have like no. 60s land or 70s land or whatever. Are you serious what right now? What are you talking about? It's real life. Google it. Are there's you? probably whole yeah. There's probably a whole message boards dedicated to it. I think oh my wife my saw it and tried to don't, break in. Don't get me involved because I will. Let me search my Usenet groups and see if uh, <laughs> I can contact PM your admin on that Usenet <laughs> bro, uh, group and see what he can tell you. I'm I'm pinging the server right now. It's getting pinged. You can't even see that server you're pinging right now. There's <laughs> there's eyes squinted up like like a, like some stereotyped. <laughs> When Jonesy grins, he he goes totally blind. When he laughs, it's just darkness. 
no, but that I'm not even sure my eyes are open right now. But that is true. There is a, a closed area of the park. It's either like 50s to 60s era, and there's just like a theme area, and it's just closed, overrun with bush, shrubbage. I d- I do not believe you. This is a Talk real thing. Talk to my wife on the Twitters. She's a enthusiast of the condemned areas. We'll mm-hmm. get we'll get you. She broken info. into it. Is that uh, I'm not sure if happened? I can speak to that live on the air. We might have to talk Is about that. She wanted by the Florida State Police. Is she wanted by the Florida Let's State Police? Let's move on. Let's move on right now. Yeah, we got uh, things we read this week, and we got to get into that big time. That was the, that was your news segment, by the way. This week. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Biggest news segment in history. Uh, Dale underscore A always just thank you for putting that together. <laughs> um, we got to move on. The comics we read this week. Jonesy loves beer. You're an unpublished writer. By choice. You, um, how do you feel about that Echo Rift? You know, our dear friends at the Echo Rift podcast, their their book is out on the comiXology, Guided View <laughs> Native. Um, when can, can we get a brief update on the status of Inherited, the comic book you're working on with at Fiendsta? Absolutely. We could just be days away <laughs> from a huge announcement. We could be just days away for one you, of one of the one part of the creative team or the entire creative team putting out <laughs> a a product. <laughs> Good luck to Finsta. Uh, no dream is ever dead. That's all I'm saying. What did you read this week, uh, writer Jonesy Loves Beer? So I really want to talk about uh, Captain Lord Henry Baltimore's The Infernal Train, mm. uh, issue two of three. Uh, now, when I heard there was a three-issue mini coming out, I didn't expect any big revelations, just some, you know, Baltimore-themed action. But uh, this second issue in this uh, three-parter has really moved the major mythology of uh, Baltimore along. It continues right where issue one leaves off. Uh, Baltimore is in the middle of a duel with the Inquisitor. You know, he's just uh, stolen the entire town's... Uh, you know, cannons, the armor, I guess. He's lifted all of it to go destroy the Infernal Train. So the town wants to arrest him, but they kind of also realize the fact the Inquisitor has, you know, gone bat-s insane. So there, there is a climactic battle where the legions of vampires, the town militia, and Baltimore and the Inquisitor kind of have like a, a mass battle. And Baltimore kind of leaps on the train to... You know, stop it to go after uh, the mistress that has been chewing up vampire souls with this train. And we learned two important things. One, this is not the only project going on across Europe. And the end result is to resurrect the Red King. And if you guys, you know, remember the entire Baltimore series, um, he's been searching for Haggis, who he believes to be the Red King the eldest vampire in existence and uh the spoilers a uh, huge reveal of this issue is that the red king is another <laughs> entity altogether <laughs> let's cool out just because all you right, say spoilers right. doesn't mean we want to hear it <laughs> okay all right all right all right let's just say that it's a big reveal in one single panel that if you aren't looking for it you'll miss it wow hmm. now i gotta read it uh post haste so, yeah. Uh, this is shaping up to be. I, I mean, I would say the curse bells 
was my favorite arc up until now. I really love uh, the Infernal Train. It's it's going great. Chugging like uh, right along. Yeah, yeah. Chugging trains. Is there a Usenet that I can get alerts when there's new issues of Baltimore out? Because I just never know when there's a new issue coming out. I don't know what it is. My user ID is Job314. Combination 314. <laughs> uh, what do I want to talk the about? The real Job, of course, was never privy to using Bible quotes. Let's, um, let's go back into the olden days, if we may. The Markives? Um, the Matkives. Yeah, there you go. Uh, Adventures of Superman. You heard of this book? Way back when? That's uh, when the cartoons were out, right? They had the Adventures of Batman, Adventures no. of Superman. Adventures of Superman no. 466 okay. um, from one of the greats, someone that Jonesy Loves Beer just worships, hmm. Jan Jurgens. The one and only. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, what didn't he do? Like a, some Thor run? You're not going to get me. You're not going to goad me into it this time. Um, goad. That, but that it was man, incredible. It starts with the death of Odin, is all I'm saying. That man we're talking about is Dan Jurgens and uh, Dick Giordano. This was um, part of a collection that I grabbed um, that you know DC Collections just came out. Superman Dark Knight over Metropolis. And it had an Art Adams cover. So I was like, yeah, let me just grab this sight unseen. Um, sure. So, Art Adams drew this first issue in the collection about Batman, for whatever reason, going to a small town and people were turned into, like, vampires. Of course, Superman needed to help him out. Rough stuff, man. Uh, The second issue, however, was this kind of little one-shot that Jan drew and wrote. uh, He did the story and the layouts. And the whole issue is... Fantastic, but the whole issue it follows these four astronauts that go up into space at the behest of Lex Luthor and come back, crash land on Earth uh, with powers. Um, the you know the big tough guy, he's mutated into different forms of matter that were in the ship. He looks like the thing, so he's got like he's got like this mud body, but like metallic parts are melded into his form. Um, the one brother is like made out of energy. He looks like the Human Torch. All four characters are essentially not a parody, but almost like a really cool homage to the Fantastic Four. So it's like, what if the Fantastic Four happened in the DCU? Um, and the Mister Fantastic character is Hank Henshaw, which is a character that eventually grew to become, you know, a big Superman villain. Uh, which I never knew that this was his first appearance, that he was sent into space in this Fantastic Four-esque homage. So the, 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 the these four characters come back to Earth looking for Luthor and for answers, and Superman intercept, intercepts them, think, thinking they're like bad guys. Eventually he understands what they're going through and tries to help them. Um, the female character, the Miss Miss Fantastic, is like phasing into, I think, the negative zone as part of her mutation. And Hank Henshaw, his body is just like falling apart. So his hair turns gray. Um, his skin eventually just starts like falling off where he's like a skeleton as he's trying to. The whole issue is like he's trying to essentially do what Mr. Fantastic did, which was 
fix the mutation and make his family regular again. Didn't he have, um, wasn't that the same fella who did the, uh, who turned out to be like one of the evil supermen? Yeah, Cyborg Superman. Cyborg Superman, right. All comes Um, full circle now. It does. But, I mean, just fantastic. I I love the issue. It was just one of those cool, you know, Superman heyday era where he was doing like 52 comics a year for the Superman's family of titles, and there was like these really cool one-shots that maybe Mm. played a part later. Um, Just really awesome. You get to see kind of like the FF in a different light, like in the DCU, you know, this guy that turned into the thing when he comes up from the rubble, they see him and they see that he's in pain and his mutation. He's just like weeping when he finds his friends. Like the, like the second shot of him is just him crying in this form of being this ugly monster. And eventually when he goes to like LexCorp as they're trying to find a solution for them, he finds a machine that will just take him out of his misery, and that's what he does. That's like that's his solution to his mutation. Just fantastic issue. Okay. Highly recommend it. Wow, <clears throat> history in the making. You heard it here Already first. Nineteen eighty, huh. whatever year it came out. Jan Jurgens. Jan Jurgens loses an arm. Guy. He might. Uh, he might be a guy to watch. Yeah, I'm not sure if he ever wrote some Thor, mm-hmm. but Dale. Troll, troll, please, troll, troll. please go. I am going to go ahead and speak of a title uh, very near and dear to my heart. Rat Queens, number two. Mm. I just couldn't, um, I couldn't go another issue without talking about it. <clears throat> issue one and two out now. Um, Curtis Weeby of Peter Panzerfaust fame. Rock Up Church on Art. And uh, Rat Queens, if, basically, if you think, it, the best association I can make is uh, a D&D type comic book where it's, it's, it's set in a fantasy realm and the Rat Queens are but uh, one band of adventuring party. And, you know, you, ha- you have an elf, a dwarf, a, a halfling, and a human. And they last last issue they were basically t- assigned with a task to go out and clean up some you know, like some of the town's evils in the uh, outskirts because they got in so much trouble just like being in town because they can't keep out of trouble that um, the city guard sent them out and about to uh, on on specific tasks them and a couple other adventuring parties because they basically just keep. Um, they can't keep out of trouble and townspeople feel unsafe with them around. So this issue, this issue they're uh, out and they run into a troll as they are wont to do, as Jonesy would say. And, uh, and they run into another one of the adventuring parties. And the ba- I, I just got to tell you, this is like the music to listen to and reading the Rat Queens. Read Rat Queens. You know what I mean? Um, there is genuine comedy and adventure within this title. 
And fantastic book. Fantastic. I, I, I kind of, and I, I, I also also associate it to D and D because when um, IDW launched relaunched their D and D books, Shadow Plague, a couple years ago, like it took a while to find its footing, and the banter between party members was like I was forced chuckling, I was forced laughing because. I didn't want D and D comics to go away, so I'm like, <laughs> oh, "This is funny." This, but <laughs> it it really kind of wasn't that funny. I mean, it was good and entertaining and and had his heart in the right spot. But this just feels so natural. The dialogue between the Rat Queens and and uh, outside parties as well. But the dialogue is so hilarious and also so like adult oriented. This is definitely something. Um, for mature readers, a lot of f bombs, s bombs, oh yeah, mm-hmm. things like this. But the the dialogue is written so well that you can't help but just hope for the best and uh, hope that more people than just yourself is reading this title because it's fantastic. Anybody who uh, who likes you know anybody who likes the uh, fantasy kind of realm rat queens should be uh given a chance fantastic book and i think it's worth mentioning too that i'm not a big you know role-playing game tabletop gamer and i think it's a great book i really enjoyed i was cracking up during the last issue you know just a lot of fun and i think it surprised me that i real that i enjoyed as much as i do there you go i think uh there's always room at the table for you, Slim. Next time you want to saddle up to it, we can lend you some dice. We rolled you up an Elven Ranger, I just knowing you would jump at it. Little, it's gibberish right now. It could be Greek for <laughs> all I know. Jonesy loves beer. Two sentences or less. Lightning round. Just feel like Another dookie. book you read. Just feel like Dookie right now. Thanks. Why? What happened? I, I enjoyed the <laughs> book. I'm just messing with you. <laughs> uh, sex Criminals, issue number two. <laughs> sound like a chimp that's what I sound like <laughs> sex criminals issue two probably the hardest job Matt Fraction could have ever had was writing the follow up to sex criminals issue number one not the same vibe but I'm still gonna follow along velvet number one by Ed Brubbs, Brubaker. Another fantastic entry into a new creator-owned series that may be worth the trade weight a, to read in collected form. Lightning comment at the end of the show. After the fight. After the lightning. After the okay. Conan and the People of the Black Circle, uh, a mini series by our boys FVL, Fred Van Lenty. A Conan illustrated by Ariel Olivetti is the Conan of your dreams that you never dreamed about. 
The Halloween Legion. Guys, Halloween is right around the corner. Perfect time for a Halloween book. Unless you're reading this out of order or listening to this out of order, it's still good, this episode. Keep listening. Uh, Jonesy, you know, people look to you on this show for... I don't know how that's possible. Um, you're the only one that's going willing to do it. So For, for <laughs> comedy something or our synopsis for our book club. And they need you once again. They beckon for you. Certainly not comedy, but comedy I, I will try to. <laughs> comedy something. <laughs> Thank you for those uh, words to boost my confidence. Inspiring and, words. Uh, <laughs> okay, so Halloween Legion. Uh, I want you to think of the four big archetypes of the trick-or-treating party. Uh, the skeleton, the witch, the ghost, and the devil. And now imagine that each of these archetypes is a superhero uh, that guards against supernatural uh, infiltrators infiltrators to the world. Uh, Each one has a distinct personality, but this uh, particular trait, uh, the goblin invasion, is um, focused on uh, the devil as the protagonist. She's a young, uh, teenage, strong female lead. Uh, who's a pyrotechnic, and uh, it's about her uh, coming to grips with her status and her powers and being a part of the Supernatural team, and at the same time fighting against this alien invasion where all the aliens are cute little goblins with uh, ray guns. And in a humorous and action-packed romp, the group is able to fend off the goblins and save the world and kind of give the devil, you know, a little His piece of mind. Due. Her due. Aha, there we go. Right? That's why it's uh, not comedy gold. Comedy something. It's just comedy something. It's comedy something. <laughs> Dale, your thoughts? The Halloween Legion. Um, beautiful, all ages. Romp, as Jonesy would, <laughs> as Jonesy would put it. Um, that is, it, it looks absolutely fantastic. The, the art style on this book by, I think Timothy Boatwright did the, did the art. Um, yeah, it's, it's something that I tried, I actually tried sitting and reading it to Grayson, um, this morning. Grayson's only three, so he, I think he didn't quite, I think he was interested, but he, I asked him, you know, what his thoughts were, what his feelings were. And he's just kind of like stared into nothingness as I I tried to gauge him. I'm not quite sure. He was ready to be engaged like this, but it's definitely a a cute all-ages book. And, um, you know, it kind of starts, the ball ball starts rolling immediately when um, you you tune in. It it has the feel more of a, like probably a children's book that you would read you know, to your kids because, you know, you, when you're kind of, um, not expected, but as a comic reader, you kind of, for most properties, you go in and you either are prepare to get some knowledge about the, the group or the, the backstory through dialogue 
or through um, you know just things that happen in the book or maybe like a, a, a catch-up page. This is just like a self-contained story where I think you want to know more about the Halloween Legion, but th- there's just there's no information there. It's just like it's just like a, a yeah like a one-shot children's story where you know um, the the Legion just fights their little the goblin invasion and um and the uh, the townspeople kind of make them rue like they they blame the halloween legion at the end because they uh, they blame them for starting the trouble but and then you find out there's like some appreciation in town because the little kids are certainly glad that the goblins have not taken over or is there the which is interesting is that they were it was created by Martin Powell and Diane Leto, who was credited with design direction, which I'm interesting to see. Mm. I didn't really look it up, but I'd be interesting to see what that like work process is. And I think mm. Diane Diana, I'm sorry, drew the second half of the book that like this the true quote true story that happened. Um. But like you were saying, one, the one-shot aspect of it, I kind of, when I first started reading it, I was wondering if maybe there was like a a zero issue that I missed that introduced the characters or their origins. Because there was like, the way that they first started, it was like they're already a team. And I had no idea going in to this book what it was about. I thought it was going to be like a anthology series where there was like 12 mm-hmm. different Halloween stories. And when I got to the first page, it showed the, the five characters. And then I was like, oh, I guess there's five different stories about each one of these characters. And then when I eventually got to that splash page that they were a team, I was like, wow, I did not expect any of this. Um, it, it, it almost felt like you, it almost, you almost wonder how it ended up at Dark Horse's door. Yeah, and it's not a bad yeah. thing. It's cool that Dark Horse published it and, uh, you know, and put it out. I mean, kudos for them because it's it's a great book. But it just doesn't like it's it's almost like it's only a comic. It's only in comic format for for reasons of being at Dark Horse or something like that. Now it's funny you say that because as I was reading it, the biggest thing in my head that was popping out was this feels like a storyboarded pitch for a a kid's animated feature. Hmm. I don't know if okay. you guys got the same thing. It felt like this was the first step into making this a property they could make like a um you know like a Halloween Legion animated film that could be played, you know, like we said on Cartoon Network, you know, year after year is like a Halloween themed programming. And I didn't get I didn't get the same labor of love feeling that I would normally get reading like a Dark Horse creator on property. It really did feel like it was a pitch that they put in comic book form and they hope they're going to be able to grow it as time goes by. Nothing wrong with that. That's not a bad business move if you're trying to survive in a business. But I think I came to expect uh, from Dark Horse and, you know, the smaller publishers, every title seems to me to be kind of like that person's story that they've had forever and they really want to tell and have a punch. And I just didn't get that same vibe here, which it didn't match up for me when I think of Dark Horse comics, you know? It felt like it could have easily been, instead of maybe a hardcover Dark Horse book, a children's, 
you know, oversized Halloween story with maybe like a more over the top art style where like, you know, maybe like a painted style or Mm -hmm. just, you know, maybe in a different format, it would have hit me a different way where like, I guess it just, when I like finished started reading it, I was like, wow, this is a dark horse book. It's just, it felt very strange as a dark horse property, but I mean, they, they take on strange titles. Um, Mm -hmm. but I, I, you know, I enjoyed, I enjoyed some of the characters. It, it felt like, it felt like maybe, I don't know. It didn't hit me. Um, it felt like a lot for a short story. You know, there was a lot going on. There was a lot of characters. There was a lot of semi backstory. Yeah. There's a lot of backstory peppered in that, didn't need to be said. Yeah, maybe that maybe would have made more sense had there been a zero issue that I actually thought there was. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, like the the ghost character was like his backstory was explained kind of when he met that little girl that he went to school with. Um, the skeleton character, you know, very strange allusions to his backstory. Um, it was very. It was a very different book than comic book that I'm used to, and I think that's why I come back to, you know, maybe without those allusions to backstory, it would have hit differently if it was like an oversized children's story or children's book. I agree, and, and one of the things that nagged at me was when the witch loses her powers in the third, uh, the third act. I'm not bought into that character at all. You know, mm-hmm. the character that's introduced and kind of I grow up with in the title is the devil, is the pyro, pyrotechnic girl trying to find her own way in the world. And then when the climax of the book turns out to be about the witch, you're like, well, why haven't you told me her story so that I'm emotionally invested in why she loses her powers? So it, uh, this, like, really feels to me it needs to be like a digest-sized book mm-hmm. you can throw in the back of a backpack yeah. and a kid can read and study the art you know, and then kind of learn a little bit about storytelling. But for somebody like us who's coming to try to read it and like follow a natural progression, it just doesn't, like I said, add up. And not that it was bad; it's no, just different. Yeah, I think your, uh, I think your idea about it was like a pitch for further, uh, for further usage of the characters was a good was a good, um, um, what's the word? observation because there was there is just a lot in there that kind of like peppers this little bit of information while you're like um, well you know i would like to know more about that or have it explained to me in some way like the witch the witch loses her powers and the way the witch loses gets her powers back is the skeleton who apparently can die and come back to life that's like his power other than being super strong. He sacrifices his life to bring power back to the witch. And then the skeleton comes back, you know, fully he's fine. Yeah. Resurrected. And he's fine. Like, and why is he fine? And yeah, exactly. And, and, and the, uh, you know, the skeleton describes the ghost, which is like a fourth, like a third grader or fourth grader when he died. Now he's a ghost and the skeleton's like, yeah, he's going to be the most powerful one out of all of us come come soon enough. And you're like, what? Exactly. Let's, let's, you're like, why? Let's find out about that. Let's kind of mm-hmm. like jive on that a little bit. And so you're, I think when you say it'd be good for like a digest size kind of book, it would be because you could like see this coming out of Scholastic and there being like 10 of them. You know what I mean? Like just like an ongoing series where, 
you know, it's a, a 60 or 80 page uh, book you throw in your backpack, like on the Target ads and, uh, you know, walk exactly. and walk down the school hallway with it and stick it halfway out of your book pack so you can see it. Get your lunch money stolen from you. Yeah. The book stolen. Yeah. Just punched in the stomach. <laughs> <laughs> but the, I mean, the points where they're Have like your gym lock were... destroyed when you're in building trades and they just destroy your gym lock. Thanks, guys. When the skeleton talked about how, like, they both talked about how he was going to sacrifice himself, it, it, like, made me think, like, they're invested, like, at several points I just thought there was, like, an ongoing series that happened before this, and this was just one of the next stories where, like, oh, I guess I should go back and read, you know, Skeleton's history or why everyone's so mm-hmm. attached to him, yeah. what he's done to, you know, warrant this respect and admiration from the group, but there just wasn't and i guess it just rubbed me the wrong way where that kind of emotion was displayed but having nothing for the reader to kind of gauge or latch on to was was off-putting uh for those scenes but um you know i enjoyed i enjoyed the style of artwork i enjoyed the 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 idea but i think the, the execution for me was just different um i would have maybe hoped it was it was it happened a different way in in this format yeah and i i think i think i mean now i would be curious to see what like a kid thought about this if a kid read it they probably don't need all the stuff that we we expect to from it because we're kind of come from it from like a a more seasoned reader Mm -hmm. of graphic novels and comic books so we have these expectations maybe kind of built in whereas a kid might not even care but Exactly. Dark Horse did put this out, and therefore, it's probably being marketed maybe in the wrong spots, like a comic book store. You know, I, I'd be curious to see where you could find this at, like, a kid's bookstore or Barnes & Noble or, or something. I mean, would you find it in the kid's section, or would you find it in the, in the, in the graphic novel section? And it's 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 kind of funky that way. Like, if it were marketed in the kid's section for the right reasons this this book can like be the first of many that dark horse could do and it, you know it'd be a a new project of and labor of love for the guys making it and dark horse but it does say on the dark horse website age age range 10 so maybe oh, okay. we're kind of over over analyzing let me see what they put for hellboy now that i think about it cuz i never looked at that section before what's i hope uh i hope they do promote it in a way where kids can get at it because you know going back and reading it again or looking at it again from fresh eyes like this is a good way to get a kid into comic books mm-hmm. you know it's yeah. it, it's not necessarily you know batman superman or whatever but this is a book you can give to a kid where he doesn't need to be weighed down with you know like we always say oh it's su- you know superman issue 466 you know okay well you know does a kid want to pick up superman 466 or you know do they want one contained story mm. that, you know, they, you know, and, and isn't it fun as a kid to have to go looking for, you know, more material about stuff you enjoy reading? So there's an opportunity here to get young readers in with this title. Fear Agent has an age range of 12. 47. That's uh, what we recommend. <laughs> 47. 12 to 112 is what I would That's put right. Fear Agent as. Um, Hellboy did not have an age range for the book that I looked up. Sorry, um, sorry, sorry, age, 
age-appropriate kids. You may Sorry, not be... you should not be reading Hellboy or Hellboy in Hell, for that matter. I think that that's just totally off the list. Yeah. Jones, did you have any? Do we have anything else for Halloween Legion? Do you have any closing thoughts? Any other? Uh... Just reiterate what I said before. Big opportunity to get new readers if it's marketed the right way. Uh, love to see it in a digest size because I would love to have this for Jack to be able to take like on a trip or you know if we're ever on the road somewhere and I need to pack a bunch of books. It'd be nice to just throw in a pile and go. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I don't think I'm ever going to ignore this title if it comes out with more volumes uh to dale's point of be it's something to read with the kids kitties we got your letters i'm gonna open them up farrington's gonna read them to you rest in peace mark gotta change that song <clears throat> mark farrington uh who we just mentioned that song now deceased former host Co-founder, uh, posthumous co-founder. Those were the days. Uh, letters right. at paperkeg.com. Shoot us a letter. We'll read it on the air, maybe. My God, we got a book. We got a book All of a right. letter. First email comes to us from uh, concerned listener Stephen. Dear Paper Keg, as Paper Keg Akira Edition draws near, I have a few questions. First, with the sheer size of the Akira story, I'm wondering if you're going to keep the episode to the usual length or if you'll have an abnorm- abnormality and go long. As a listener, I'm going to need some back matter or at least an extended fireside. How else will you do the book justice? Can you guys realistically cover all of the Akira without ditching the news in your weekly readings? If there was ever a time to break your format, it will be now. I just really want to see you guys hit a home run with this episode. Concerned, Steven. Steven, you don't have to twist my arm to get rid of that news segment. I'll be honest <laughs> okay. with you. Okay, all right, okay. <laughs> the format that was tossed around for this large 125th episode spectacular Akira, mm-hmm. or as they say, Akira, um... Uh, it's just going to be all, all book club. Could be could be forty minutes of Akira. Could be an hour and forty minutes. Could be twenty minutes. It's going to be recorded locally. In I don't know what state it's going to be in, but we're all going to be in the same room, looking at each other right in the eyeballs. Oh my god! And uh, whew, six volumes. And that's the beauty of it all. Really, we're just going to be in the same room. You know, thunderous. Uh, magic happening, thunderous electric, magic. thunderous magic, electric in the air. That's what it's going to be all about. I mean, so oh you know, we could probably talk about it here for fifteen minutes and not have anything else to talk about. Who knows? Maybe there's going to be fifteen hundred minutes of a here talk. Uh, you're gonna have to stay tuned. You know what we should do? We should all have some of that. Caramel vodka apple cider that I had <laughs> this weekend, and we'll share a big picture of it, and we'll just talk about Akira, and we'll hit record. I'm I'm ready. Is that what do you reckon? I might are you saying that right might, now. You're saying we should get into it like that. You saying we, we should do it. Might I might break the memorandum on no alcohol for Jonesy for that episode. You 
uh, get us the recipe, and we will make it happen. Are we are we sure we're allowed to talk about this on air? Because we have not ironed us out yet. Uh, Stephen, Jonesy's, Jonesy's pants. I think gig. I just saw them flash across <laughs> the room right now. Some kind of like lightning bolt. <laughs> Steven, episode 92 of Paper Keg, Rucka Keg, uh, is the format. We're probably going to do this uh, yeah. 125 Especial. Uh, the whole episode will just be Akira. Yeah, and so I just finished. His heart is racing now. He can't. His, his appetite is whetted. <laughs> he can't even think straight right now. I just finished volume three today. I it's scurried man. away into the bedroom. Oh, so did I. The uh, family was asleep in the other room, and I was like, this is it. This is my chance to put a dent in this thing. My. Then I looked at the page count on volume four, and I put it right back down. <laughs> and then you oh, just yeah. Wikipedia'd Akira volume, <laughs> volume <laughs> X. Yeah, I read, I finished volume four Friday night, I think, or Thursday night. So... Starting the long dark of Moria now. Volumes four, five, and six are the longest volumes. So, time to double your efforts. Whether it be oh, apple God. cider, sangria, vinegar, vodka, or whatever to get you through it. But my God, my God, be prepared. I'm ready. Hey, paper Ooh. keg. Oh boy, I don't even know if I could paraphrase this because you know me in paraphrasing. David Finn, Red Lantern on the Twitter. He re, you're a real mensch. Writing this, <laughs> writing this. Oh, wow. I just scrolled down through the whole thing. Holy moly. Hi, guys. Just a quick note. With the Thor movie on rapid approach, it's picking up a ton of heat over on this side of the world. Let's face it, Thor's Australian after all. My girlfriend and I rewatched the original Thor movie on the weekend. I think it holds up. The movie is undoubtedly aided, probably aided, probably aided by the deep, booming voice and incredible body and acting of Mr. Crims Hemsworth. Okay, I like where this is going. But on top of that, I think it's one of the strongest Marvel pieces with a nice solo story, but neat tie-ins to the Avengers movie. I'd forgotten how strong those Asgard scenes were and how cool Odin's performance was by Sir Anthony Hopkins hamming it right up. You are a vain, greedy, cruel boy. As a side note, I read something online about the input of comic writers into the scripts of these movies. My impression was the studios leave the movie scripts to the professionals who source some of the story from the original trades. For example, Captain America Winter Soldier. But I can't believe some of the bigger comic names aren't lining up to take serious passes at some of these properties. I read that the Thor 2 director was making changes and reshooting with rewrites from Whedon right up to the last possible moment. Let's hope he's up to the task. But I'm hopeful that means solid Avengers tie-ins and an appearance at least. On that theme, I thought my entire life I thought my entire life Fantastic 4 was one of the lamest comic properties out there, but after reading Hickman's run along with Fraction on FF I can totally see how you could construct a pretty cool series of movies utilizing those characters and that franchise if it was executed well. I will be fascinated to see if they do a Spidey cameo in those new Sony FF movies. It seems like a no-brainer to me. Anyway, what do you guys think about Marvel films moving forward, and would you like to see more integration within them? Within them? Even just as a movie fan, I think the future is very bright if they manage these films correctly. 
Guardians of the Galaxy and Thor The Dark World itself will test a lot of these theories where it it matters at the box office. P.S. My mate asked me yesterday after we saw the trailer if Thor was any good in the comics. I was like, he's had a couple of good runs, specifically one by Jurgens in the 90s. (laughs) (laughs) I'd never read a solo Thor book in my life, but thanks, Paper Keg, and I believe Jonesy... For that blind, possible embargoed recommend. <laughs> embargoed <laughs> indeed. Later, guys. I hope this wasn't too long and provoked some chat. I really geeked out here. I need to lie down now. Regards, uh, Dave Finn at Red Lantern 2015 on the Twitter. We all need to stop recording because that letter uh, had my hard drive meltdown from the length. Uh, that little guitar is bouncing. Uh, I do have uh, one comment about that letter. Please. Uh, about. The movies Jan being so Jurgens <laughs> <laughs> about the Marvel properties being so integrated, and why I do love uh, the cameos and the nods to the other films. I do believe that to an extent they need to be encapsulated. They need to be stories about the main title characters, or else why not just have it be like Avengers Six, Captain America, the Winter Soldier. Um, and I think that's kind of the reason a lot of people are disappointed with uh, Agents of Shield. Because they think it's just going to be nonstop Avengers cameos and nonstop, you know, nods to the Marvel U or the Marvel mu- uh, movie universe, you know, one after another. And then when it's not, when it's a story about the Agents of Shield, you know, they all get on their soapboxes and their Twitter accounts and you know go singing to the mountain. So I think it would be bad business to make every movie directly linked story wise into another film. Or else, why would you title them differently? I don't know. What do you guys think? I uh, I don't know. I lost trains of thought Thor, hours Thor ago. Thor literally <laughs> puts me to sleep. I have zero what? interest in seeing that new movie. I'll wait until it hits Netflix. Really? Really? That cap trailer, though. Who boy, howdy. Oh, man. That that cap trailer boy. made me weep. I am not, oh, I, I'm not watching it. I am, I've barely watched any Thor trailers and i haven't watched the cap trailer why why would you not want to watch that cap trailer be honest with me right now um i i just want to save myself for the for the uh, entire the full length it's 2013 dale you know how difficult that's going to be and then how annoyed you're going to be when someone just like i blurts out some kind of trailer spoiler i can't even believe i just said that thing out loud (laughs) trailer spoiler (laughs) I uh, yeah I my my friend texted me like the entire details of the trailer though, so um, I don't know I just uh, I tend to avoid it, just uh, because I can, you know. I don't, I don't feel that, less. That's I don't one feel word more. that comes to mind when I hear you talk like that. Yeah, one question: How is the weather up there on your high oh horse? Oh my! You guys are pieces <laughs> of <score laughs> one for loves beer. Just ruin right this there. entire show. Uh... Sorry, I couldn't help. Oh, gosh. And now David Finn's uh, letter is lost to the nether because I'm so angry. (laughs) (laughs) David uh, Finn, uh, responsible for the breaking up of the Paper Cake Podcast. We thank you for your letter. PK3, you're now the PK2. Thor has a body that won't quit. I'm going to be completely, you know, face forward on this. he He has an amazing body, and Thor 1 was... Spectacular. I love Thor. 
you know, he mentioned um, um, he mentioned the Fantastic Four, which I just want us to fast forward to the fireside so I can talk about what could happen in the Marvel comics with the FF that I'm just blowing my J's all over the walls. Yeah, yeah. your J's have been J'ing. It's hard. Your, you you your, that it? your thoughts on the Fantastic Four are like the uh, Cap Winter Soldier trailer. And everybody needs to get a piece of it. Everybody needs to tune in oh, and get I'm it. going to rock your world in the fireside if you even know what that is. My God. That's it. Do we have any other letters? The letter sounder just ended. <laughs> That's it. That's, uh, if you just want to go ahead and edit in the cap trailer, just go ahead. This is a perfect time. I'm also going to edit in the George Clooney uh, cloud from South Park of his speech. <laughs> the smug cloud. The Dale underscore A smug cloud. Uh, what a show. One of my all-time favorites, if I can be brutally honest with you. Oh, man. When Dale gets Particularly his. for the last eight minutes. When Dale gets ribbed, that's just that goes straight to the wind column, and then the gets, claws come right out. Gets bronzed immediately. Yeah, it's uh, all fun. It's all super fun. Shoot us a review Having on fun. iTunes. Shoot Happy us times. a review Happy of the cap trailer on iTunes, so that when Dale reads it, he'll be furious. Um, we'll see everybody next week. Court of the Owls. My God. Jones is still clapping. Slow clap to Dale's vitriolic response. Let's talk about it right now. Do you fo- you follow Somni's Instagram? You follow it. Do you see him post all those other ones of the FF characters? They're you up to no just good. post uh, Sue. I follow. I print out every one, and I get and they're up on my walls with like yarn and pins attached to them, like uh, <laughs> <laughs> you're solving a case. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I don't know. It's in your panic room. I have to think that either they're just gonna real if they're gonna relaunch Daredevil as like all new Daredevil. Would Wade and Somni do it, or since there's an opening for FF, would there be an all-new Fantastic Four by Mark Wade and Chris Somni? Oh God! I think that's where we're headed. I think uh, it's going to be Wade and Somni just cycle into Fantastic Four. How would you not not offer that to Mark Wade at that point? How would you not be like Mark? Let's talk. Let's talk Turkey right now. FF, come on back. You guys are working so good together. You know you you have another fantastic story in there. Oh, gosh. Somni's ready to go. Yeah, that would be... Uh, I'd pay $4 an uh, issue for that. I'd be forced to pay $4 an for issue. For that free digital I copy? I wouldn't have Heck a choice. Yeah. Heck oh yeah. My. Oh, my. Fantastic Four. That might be a run that I would get. I, I'd buy that in print, I think. I might buy that in print if that happens. Do you hear the words that are coming out of my mouth right now? Wow. Unbelievable. That's unprecedented, buying a $4 print Marvel comic in print. You have a free digital copy. That's what it's all about right there. It's 
what please, it's all Jesus, about. Please, Jesus, help us. Help us and save us right now, please. Wade's got too much. He's, you know, he's trying to run a store. He's Let's he's get trained. rid of Indestructible Hulk. Let's he's take him off that. Put Nick Spencer oh, yeah. on it. That's Matt true. Kent. Who knows? Just throw them on it. You just you just picked out names, just the two <laughs> names that were closest to your tip of your tongue. Put them on Indestructible Hulk. You have Hulk. no they idea. Right. You, you have no interest in seeing anyone on any Hulk title. You just picked, <laughs> you just picked creator names out. Just hell with it. Cancel Thor and Hulk. <laughs> My God. Matt Mark Wade on FF with Chris Somney. Javier Rodriguez on colors. My God, man. Oh, my God. Holy crap. I'm about, to, I'm about to tweet and uh, form spring Tom Brevoort. Ask him directly. My God. Are Chris Somney and Mark Wade doing FF, and are you going to edit it right now, Tommy? Straight. Straight. Didn't he? Uh, isn't he off FF? Didn't he celebrate some sort of milestone? I don't no know. Idea. I'm not, I don't want to spoil the mood by... Just don't, that kind don't of do stuff. it, no. please. So, anything else? Uh, I had a lightning comment. I to Velvet. I said that I want to read it collected, kind of like I do Fatal. Yeah, I have a red past the first issue of Fatal. Wait until it ends. Read yeah, it's thing. well, you know, who knows what the the new image speculator market? Uh, Velvet number one is probably just. Just probably sold out everywhere at this point. Probably, yeah. probably Flying off ghost the variant have to or some such. Phantom variant, ghost variant. I don't even know. But uh, um, yeah, that's a. I liked it, but it's just I, Brubaker's books. I I just don't want to read monthly. I want to read them in a collected format. How about him and uh, Steve Niles putting on the gloves? On Twitter, <laughs> Holy the Twitter smoke. gloves. Those two, they're dear and friends. You know, creator owned, they're dear extremist. Friends. <laughs> Steve Niles. He had to go the old relax, Steve. I wasn't talking about you. Oh, yeah. Oh, it was all awesome. so, It was so good. Ed, I'm just concerned, Ed. It's just concerned. Drop it. I wonder. Drop it. They, um, he, I looked up Brubaker's feed that day, and he was talking about how he gets, you know, the royalties from the Winter Soldier hardcover. But someone asked him if he gets, like. Did you see that s- new hardcover coming out? No. Um, I think around the time the movie comes out, it's the uh, super oversized heart Winter Soldier hardcover of the old Brubaker, Brubaker's. Wow. It's like an omnibus. It's like yeah. unreadable. You just throw it in the closet somewhere. It's gorgeous for sure. That spine's just cracking every time you turn a page. You open, you open, yeah, you open sorry, it, but like it only half, half the pages are viewable. The the center portion of each page is just like grouped together. Yeah, Go books, on paper. <laughs> <laughs> Physical copies. <sighs> Dale underscore. Yeah, you were on fire tonight. You should nap my before every show. My back was against the wall. As soon as we hit record, my back was against this wall. <laughs> <laughs> we're getting to the point where that episode where, where Jonesy flipped out on Just Dave after the fireside what? and immediately started dropping about? F-bombs right oh, live on air. It was like he didn't even know we were doing a podcast. He's like, F you, F you, S, S, F. And we're like, Jonesy. It was out of left field, too. I mean, just I, Dave, look, I like, was on prescription meds. Oh, yeah. I had been drinking alcohol. They don't. They shouldn't mix. Classic like a, unpublished writer excuse. Yeah. I was on prescription meds. <laughs> I'm the Carrie Fisher of paper keg. 
living in refrigerator boxes, complain yeah. about being unpublished, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what a show. What a show. My God. We really pulled it out in the end, didn't we? We did it. We did Excellent a great job. From the beginning. I thought it was great from the beginning. From the was, get-go. I was, yeah. I just, you know, so I yeah, get down you on myself. Were, you were on the defensive, right? You were right, right from the get-go. Gotta Back was it. against the wall. You know, you're sleeping all day, not getting news. Not all day. An hour before the show, I slept oh, one hour. Oh, my God. It was the worst, I could, the worst thing I could have done, but I had to. I needed it. Naps are, yeah, naps are tough to do. Like he was like, no. They are tough to There's do. like a range of time where if you take a nap that's too long, you'll be more miserable when you wake up. Mm-hmm. I could see it in your eye that you were you were not having this podcast. You wanted to just go play some Skyrim with your buddies. It, it's, oh, it's still there. I was just checking to see if it was there. It's, it's there. <laughs> <laughs> two weeks, boys. Akira. Oh my god. Stop. Five is long, oh, six is longer. How, define long, because I think volume four was like 397 pages. That was pretty long, wasn't it? I mean, yeah. Is it longer than 400 pages? Yeah, let me, uh, uh, let me see if I can get a page count on the internet. Like maybe Amazon reports. Uh, uh, I'm going to be uh, 411 pages uh, for volume five. Wow. Oh, so I have oh. the fifteen hundred more pages to go. Four hundred twenty-one for volume six. So oh, that's nothing. Did you guys, so. you guys hear the number? Fifteen hundred more pages. You well, just, you were <laughs> you read ten. Pa- you read five hundred pages. That's all so far. <laughs> Let's talk about how you were on vacation all of last week. How did you not crack uh, uh, more than a few guys. volumes open? You know, um, it was not a you know vacation where I just sat around on my PJs all day eating, you know. You were in your PJs all day, though. Yeah. I, were, I was in my confirmed. PJs all day, for the record. Confirmed. That's true. Confirmed. So you just you just uh, deflected against yourself with a lie that you just confirmed. I, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I had my jeans on for most of Saturday. 